We at Time to Rebuild would like to acknowledge that this podcast is produced on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. At the YMCA Rebuild, we're in the business of reducing recidivism in Victoria and in no way do we condone criminal activity discussed in these episodes. We support victims of crime and are committed to creating a safer community. You ask me the questions and I'll talk. I think you've been yelled at a few times, mate. That's a really good point that you make because we're, this is what this podcast is about, is giving that little sight. You're, you're going you're gonna to do things that are compromised, maybe the values and morals that you were brought up with, or maybe they fall right in line with the values and morals that I was brought up having. Um, my focus is just focusing on what I'm going to do when I get out. And all the stuff that you mightn't have thought of that mm. goes on in the prison. Yeah, like how many alarms get set off when you walk in with Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin. Mac Wilson. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Yourself? That's good. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. Another episode. We haven't got a guest on today. No, we thought we'd do something a little bit different. Um, and it's not from having a lack of guests. We've got plenty plenty of guests we can go for, but I suppose we, we've we been thinking about this for a while, and we thought that perhaps we'd uh, have an episode where we'll discuss some some hot topics maybe yeah, we'll pick up the paper pick up the paper and we'll talk about you know some of the things that are you know making headlines and and, and obviously are related into the work that we do and, mm. and obviously um the information that we share on this podcast and the educational piece that we have as well but you know we get asked a fair few questions over the time about certain things and and that and uh, probably we ask our guests in turn for all the answers mm. so we thought we'd do it a little bit differently today and we'd have a, a bit of a discussion over a couple of topics and uh, noting that it's a discussion and we are not the matter experts yeah. um, but we do work in this field and, and you know do have opinions on certain things and uh, we wanted to probably share a few with them and, and maybe if that intrigues people or, or stimulates kind of a you know a question or a conversation for them that's something that they haven't had before then yeah that would be a, a good thing. Yeah, and I guess we've just um, picked up a couple of topics that that we can relate to in a way. Yeah. So we'll kick it off uh, by talking about unsentenced prisoners in Victoria and how much they are taking up the majority of people serving time uh, in our justice system. Yeah, so when we hear the words unsentenced as well, just for our listeners and so forth, you'll hear the words remand, people on remand and so forth. So basically, they are... um, incarcerated they are in you know um prisons and they are waiting on sentence um for an alleged you know charges or crimes that they have um, committed as well so it's um it's it's an interesting um cohort of prisoners and and an interesting different mindset from sentence to unsentenced absolutely Uh, yeah so you know in remand you you know you're waiting Yep. you're not knowing and it's not just in that prison you could be moved to other prisons and it's just very kind of um unstable kind of environment and mm. um, mm. not in the support they're getting so far but very unstable in, the, in their own minds because they don't know whether it's coming or going for us walking in it it can be challenging too yeah but uh, we're probably looking in because we can adapt our programs to to suit that cohort of meaning like short stays and, and movement yeah um but um, it's it's hard if you picture someone coming into a prison who's on remand and you start to do a piece of work with them and, and then two weeks later, three weeks later, they're either released to the community, they're sentenced and gone to another um, prison or so forth. Yeah, yeah, and it can happen in, in the click of a finger. Absolutely. I've, I've worked with guys before that were sitting in my class one day and then not there the next and when I've followed it up 
they're on a bus to another prison. Are they Delmarac? I just had, I just, just, yeah, no, they just decided they didn't <laughs> I want to be in the program anymore. I can <laughs> see them out in the yard doing exercises. That's right. Yeah. That's the bus, is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, I'll joke aside. Yeah. No, that is correct as well. So, so, and there's interesting stats around this. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, and the, the article that we're going off is done by uh, Desahola Ora. Hopefully, I've got that pronunciation right. I'm glad right. you try and say yeah. it better than me. <laughs> but uh, it's unsentenced prisoners make up a third of Australia's prison population as bail refusals boom. Now, she says in here that the number of unsentenced people in Australian jails has risen more than 120% over the last 10 years to account for more than a third of the total prison population. As human rights advocates urge reform to ensure people aren't needlessly funneled into the criminal justice system. So we're looking at what? About 15,000 prisoners are about 25% currently right now, yeah? Yeah. Of the nation, of the nations, so we're talking Australia, yeah. prison population are unsentenced. Yeah, and this is like a Victorian issue, but on a wider scale, it is a whole of Australia issue. And when we say unsentenced, they're awaiting trial, sentencing... Or deportation, yeah, yeah, um, which we'll get to later as well. A little bit about that, mm. um, and to give you kind of a so to give you an idea about where that's kind of shifted. Ten years ago, there were about six thousand seven hundred plus unsentenced prisoners. Yeah, yeah, and that was twenty five percent of the prison population. So it's raised by ten percent, and close to you know nine thousand. Prisoners, they were now unsentenced. Yeah. That's the yeah. shift we're looking at. Yeah. It's a big yeah. shift. Yeah, massive. Massive. And like, it's probably, there's, there's probably a few factors that, that, that go into this and why it has increased. Obviously, if you look at COVID being one of them and then the, the, with the backlog in the courts and everything like that, but also uh, with the strengthening of bail laws. Yeah. Over the last 10 years, it's just gotten stronger and stronger with a few high profile offenses that have taken place with people. Yeah. That it's kind of, when, when, when stuff like that happens, it's this, I guess, knee jerk reaction that society, society wants a head to roll. Yeah. When something uh, like that, which is, which, which is, is, which is just human nature that, you know, you want people to pay. It's not glassing over, it's fact. Yeah. Some people that have been out of prison on parole or whatever and so forth or on bail or whatever have committed really bad crimes mm. like really really bad crimes yeah. and it begs the question of why they're out yeah. Yeah? and you're going to have that um, and it's a question that should be asked yeah definitely um, and then you go on the other side of it and you think okay what are the bail laws like what what are the like the strict things in place um, and then what is that feeding into mm. So yes, we need to, you know, you need to make sure that people are, you know, on the bail on bail for the right reasons, and they're not entering the community if they're if they're a complete danger to the community and so forth as well. But where do they tighten that up? So where do they where do they look at that? And then where do they look at the knock on effects that that's having, or the you know um, other effects that that's having, such as a rise in unsentenced prisoners? Yeah. Yeah. So let's look at let's so let's break it down a little bit um, in regards to the Victorian justice system around bail. So you go to court and um, facing a charge. Yeah. The judge taking that case and you're in front um, of will look at factors. Yeah. Factors to see whether or not you will be provided bail or whether you will be put into remand. Yeah. When come as we just talked about unsentenced prisoner. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the things that they would take into account. Yeah. Would be Flight risk, yeah, or risks of just basically, 
getting bail, never seen again, or on the run, yeah, basically, um, whatever way they do that. Yeah. Straight to Dublin. Straight to Dublin, <laughs> and then back over here to podcast us <laughs> in a disguise. Uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, so that's one, right? Yeah. So some of the other ones we look at. So danger to the community. So we have probably strict bail laws on the back of that. And that and that's a really important one. You know what I mean? Like I think this is the whole point of the justice system is, you know, while people are going through struggles and their own challenges to keep the general community safe. Correct. Yeah. So you face that. Then other stuff would be you look at, you know, their history um as well and, and that that can be around the criminal history, but also can be around like have they got a history of being granted bail yeah. and not showing up for hearings and, and other things like that. So yeah. that comes into it again, like the history of, of how, if they have in the past been granted bail and how they've, you know, how they have, and I suppose the word is behaved. Yeah. But, you know, it's like a, but how they have um, navigated that. Yeah. And if they have not caused any issue to say, hey, you know, the last time you were on bail, this is what happened. Yeah. We're not going to, we're not going to grant you bail again for these reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that will come into it. And then, you know, kind of on that danger to communities that, you know, there's another side, this is like that probable cause. Mm. So if you're thinking about this, have, do you feel that the charge that they're facing, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a likelihood that that's actually been committed. Mm. Mm. Now that's a tricky one, I would reckon, because you're not into a hearing and you're, you're into a forced hearing, you're into all that. Yeah. But if there is something there that, that's, you know, in front of them, evidence-wise or whatever, so I would imagine they would look at it and go, there's a, there's a really high chance that this could have happened, um, but, you know, that's called probable cause. Yeah. And that could be a factor into it. Not saying it's always right or wrong, but that's just a factor. Yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. And then other ones that you would see that are just, you know, standard ones around would be like, Housing, support, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like current health issues, like drug Correct. use and all that Correct. sort of stuff. Yeah. So these are the these are the kind of factors that you know for our listeners and, and that that some people would be granted bail or what a judge would consider mm. in front of them to say I'll go through this and and work on this and and have to look at each individual one and then look at it as a collective and then make a decision. Yeah, yeah. I suppose one of the key parts as well is is where it goes to you know. Um, on bail is whether you know you're on bail for violent or non-violent crimes mm. that's a topic at the moment um, and with good reason you would see it in the media and you would see this um, going back to 2020 um, in the case of the First Nations person uh, Veronica Nelson yeah who um, you know died in custody yeah and on the back of that you know Victorian government a lot of pressure on the Victorian government to overhaul its strict bail conditions and mm. bail laws mm. um, as well. So the question of non-violent versus violent yeah. um, as well comes into it as well. So, yeah. Yeah, because you don't want to be sending people into the prison system that don't necessarily need to be there. If they're not going to cause any harm to the public, you know, you, get, you, know, you don't want to make the situation worse than it is yeah. because we know the statistics are there. You know, our reoffending rate in Victoria is 43% at the moment. And that increases dramatically. I can't think of the actual statistic at the moment, but by going to prison, yeah, that increases your likelihood of going back. Each time goes up and up and up. Yeah, yeah. And it, there's no like we have no answers. Like no. I said, we have no answers to this. This is just a really interesting topic that we will be looking at, and and from the outside looking in, 
have experience working with Roman and Unsense. We do a lot of that now. Um, yeah. We understand the challenges, um, what that, that does. For, say, for instance, a business like us, like Rebuild, yeah. um, social enterprise, employing young people from, you know, training, firstly, and then, you know, employing people in the, um, upon their release in the community in a commercial business. Yeah, yeah. So for us, where, it can, where we have to be very flexible and we are, you know, move with our, with our adapt. So, we, so for us, where we have to be flexible and adapt is how we deliver our programs in a shorter space. Mm. Um, but when they're released into the community, we also have, you know, um, we're looking in a space, we have our, our model can suit that yeah. as well. Yeah. But that doesn't go to say that you don't do it, you can't put in a, a heap of work with someone. And as you say, they're, they're gone the next day. Yeah. Yeah. And doesn't necessarily that when they're gone mean you don't know where they're gone necessarily. Um, not a prison. If they're released, they could be released. Yeah. And then it's up to the individual whether or not they actually feel that they want your support now, or need your support now. You hope that they do. Yeah. Um, and they go, yep, I'm out, and they contact us. But some might just go, well, you know what, I'm I'm out, and I'll just go about it myself, and I don't really need that. I don't feel like I need that. Yeah, we know they do need it. We feel like they do need it, but they don't. So that's the that's the part where it comes into us as well. But the general rise and unset, the general rise means that um, yeah, you can't do longer planning. Yeah, yeah, and then that can and that would obviously counteract what the government governments in Australia want to be doing, which is rehabilitation and reintegration into society. When you haven't really got the right platform to do that if you've only got a guy that may be serving 40 days. Yeah, short term, yeah. Short term, what are you going to be doing? And moving from prison to prison and, and they're not getting to get the full yeah. programming into them as well. So, for instance, you know, you think about it anywhere, if you're settled and you're in a place and you're, you know, um, able to, you know, focus on yourself and, and, and you're, you're kind of, I suppose, the word is your journey to, to you know, reintegration and, yeah. and to getting your life back on track. That can be quite. If you're moving and moving and and not in your you're moving in your mind because you don't know what's happening. Yeah. You, from time to time, but you're also moving physically, physically, yeah. um, from place to place. That's hard to um to bed down. So all good work you might do one place yeah. can be undone pretty quickly through the um natural mm. um settling in process in another as well. So these are all things about the, that. But getting back to the, the, the point about the the high, getting back to the, the high numbers, um, I'm interested to see how the government looks at this yeah. um, both federally and state mm. um, into seeing if there's a, you know, a way where they can shift this a little bit more. And that's not saying God give everyone a sentence. Mm. That's mm. saying why is it getting to a point where we have got so many yeah. people on remand um, and what are significant factors in that and where is there an opportunity to um, explore that and look at some you know, solutions to that that serves everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we want at the end of the day. Correct. So. We want we want we want people reintegration, we want safe communities, we want less victims, we want all that. That's that's what we all work towards yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, as well. So um I'm interested again to see where this one where this one goes. Yeah. Um to see the government's response at the moment to this. Um because it will have a, an effect on and lots of people, mm. lots of families, lots of people that are incarcerated will have affected a lot of organizations that are working in there and so forth. And the people that manage the prisons as well. Yeah. And never forget that. Like they have to work in that environment as well. Um, and they have to try and, you know, build their programs, build their um, reintegration, you know, um, departments and all that to be able to 
um, adapt to mm. more uncertainties than sense. Exactly. It's a challenge in prison oh. with that. And you can, t- you can tell straight away, as soon as someone gets sentenced, their demeanor changes. Yeah. Yeah. Like goes from, you know, very heightened and everything like that. And if it's a manageable amount of time that they're going to be serving, it's, you know, obviously it's a shock at the start, but then they know there's a date that they're going to be walking out. Yeah. You know, and you can you could feel that you, you can feel the the weight off the shoulders in a way that they actually know they've got an end date yeah. rather than how long am I going to be in here? You know, how am I going to get my life back on track? All that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be uh, it's, it would be an interesting space to keep an eye on over the next uh, oh, yeah. Over the next year, two oh, years. Yeah. yeah, let's see. And and that's what we want to do, back on track. We want yep. to get, that's, all we, that's all we focus on is trying to get people back moving the right way yeah. in their lives and society and not to, you know, obviously, you know, be stuck in prison cells for large periods of their life. That's it. Because that's no good to anyone. No. All right. One that stood out to me was, well, New Zealand's got a new prime minister. Yes. Uh, Chris Hipkins. And, um, and, well, we've got a new prime minister as well with Albo, uh, and they're starting to get along. They're starting to talk a bit more yeah. than the previous governments. And, um, and they're looking at changing, well, they're looking at making some changes to the deportation policy that was in place previously. Yeah, we did an episode on this. Um, um, probably back in season, God, was it season two? Three. Season, season three, where we were in, in custody. And we spoke to two, two people that were facing you know, um, deportation upon their release and, and they both had different outcomes. It was, a, it was a great episode and really shone a light on that for us and, and kind of was a really educational, I think, piece, um, yeah. you know, as well. So, um, and if you remember writing that, it was very interesting, the whole process for the two individuals. Yeah. It was very interesting that the circumstances in which they were either being deported or not, and it raised the question on, on, is there a benefit of supporting someone and separating them yeah. if they have um, bedded roots in Australia, whether that's family, um, kids, um, and so forth, and, and all the factors that go with that. So yeah. this is interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like just an update on that as well. One of the young guys we interviewed, Jay, he left the prison mm-hmm. uh, after succeeding he actually went to a deportation center after that. And the last I heard just before Christmas, he was still there. So it's a long process. And he mentioned that in that episode that, you know, he was going to fight yeah. and do what he does. And, and that's the thing where, you know, a lot of people face that. So once they do their serve their time in prison, it's not over. Mm-hmm. They go to a deportation center, which, you know, they will describe as being pretty much worse than prison yeah. in some ways. Yeah. And, Think of it, you've done whatever time you've done, you are free, mm. but you're not. Yeah. Because if you want to stay in the country, you have to then go and, you know, fight from inside a yeah. deportation center and everything that goes with that as well. And he had, you know, young kids um, and family here that he said, and he said, I remember in the interview saying, I'll do whatever I need to do. But in some cases, and in a lot of cases, people aren't up for the fight. No. Because... If you think they think about being locked up for so long, um, what that's done to them, um, and they just have no fight left, and they just can't be released from one institution into another. Yeah, 
um, and face that lockdown again and then that continuous battle mm. to try and get out of there and stay in Australia. They just think, well, I'll cut my losses. I'll go back to New Zealand and I'll be a free person. Even if that's not the best place for them. Yeah. Or they have no one to go back to. In some cases, their families are here and they're sent back with no connect, with, with like probably extended family, yeah. but not their, you know, real, you know, family support um, group. Yeah. And I know when I'm having conversations with guys in the prison that uh, are looking at getting deported, a really common theme that, that comes across is, I'm like, oh, do you, do you have family and everything back home in New Zealand? They're like, yeah, I do. Like, I've never met them before. Yeah. <laughs> Or, oh, I know I've got some distant cousins and stuff like that. Like the majority of them like have set up here, uh, which is very common. uh, And they've been here from a very young age. So they're very well established here. And that's what they're they're getting at at the moment Um, with this article here, just to give everyone a bit of background. So, yeah. So what does it, what are are they looking to change? What are they looking to implement? Yeah. What are they? Yeah. I've asked you a question here, mate. (laughs) Okay. We're going to do this, mate. I'm going to ask you questions. We can't just say, you know. Get with it. I thought you were cutting me off. I'm like, what's he doing? Nah, come so, on. <laughs> New Zealand's Prime Minister Chris Hipkins has welcomed Australia's announcement uh, that it will overhaul its approach to deporting New Zealand citizens who have spent more than a year in an Australian prison. So the deportations of the New Zealanders, despite in some cases tenuous connections to New Zealand, have provoked frustration in the ta- trans-Tasman relationship for years. Rather than changing Section 501 of the Australian Migration Act, the Australian Immigration Minister, Andrew Giles, has issued a ministerial direction to his department to pay greater attention to the strength, duration and nature of the person's connection to the Australian community. Um, And that full article is New Zealand's PM welcomes change to Australia's corrosive deportation policy, and that's by Charlotte Graham McClay and Henry a lot. So yeah, what they're really looking at is instead of going and trying to change the whole Migration Act, which is a massive piece of work, I'd imagine, yeah. um, they're just looking to see each individual case, but based on if you've been in prison for more than one year and your connections in Australia. Yeah, and how strong they are. And exactly. So in the past, they, people would have had strong connections, but the law and the act would have, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. In some cases, they would have been still, you know, sent or deport, um, sent to either the deportation center or they would have been deported straight away. Yeah. Yeah. So this is saying, this is saying basically, we're going to look at it. We're going to look at your case and we're going to, we're going to do a bit of work on, you know, your embedded routine in Australia and why there is a case for you to stay. Yeah. Yeah. They're going from black and white. Yeah. Yes or no to looking in the gray, which is, I, I feel is much better for our community. You know, and the New Zealand community as well. I would imagine, well. yeah, because if you're sending people back to New Zealand, um, you know, we've, um, one of the other young people that we, we spoke to, you know, mm. he didn't have much to go back to. And, no. Um, and there was a lot of anxiety and, and, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of fear of going back there. Um, and if you haven't got the support mechanisms there and you're just, you're going back there, like you don't even know what the, what the environments they're going back to. Yeah. That could yeah. be really toxic environments that they're being sent back into, mm. you know, as well. So there's that case, you know. And then there's obviously you're looking at it from an Australian, you know, society. And they want safer communities and yeah. they want that. So there's also the other way. Which it is fair there. enough as exactly. well. Exactly. It is fair enough. Like yeah. you have to ask that question, like, should this person be allowed to stay? Yeah. You know, if they have done this, this and this. And I think where that goes to is, is kind of what the work we do. Is, re- is looking at the whole picture 
So what have they done since, you know, their crime, their yeah. incarceration and so forth? What have they done to better themselves? What have they done to make sure that they can um, reintegrate and not reoffend, And not just do that, be a positive um, member of society yeah. for the people around them and themselves. Yeah. It's um it it's one to watch and I think um I think it leads into so many more discussions as well. Yeah. You know. So um And this wouldn't just be like obviously, you know, we're talking New Zealand. Then it raises the question on other countries. Mm, mm. You know, and, and and so forth as well. Yeah. Cause yep. if this is just between New Zealand and Australia, then it begs the question, what's in place with countries and continents of Africa, of Europe? Um, of Asia and so yeah, forth, absolutely. and how are they approaching that? And what's is there? An, and then the, and the, the the difference. So is there inconsistency? And probably for good reason because you're dealing with different governments. Yeah, yeah. So different that goes without saying. You yeah. can't have the same thing across it. But where can this be learned from? And where can Australia's approach in it be different? Um, so that it it continues to work with other separate continents and countries to make sure that they can at least approach this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a topic and look it's a, it's a great move by by the current government to be uh, moving in this direction for the community. Uh, I'm sure it's going to help out a lot of families uh, that have loved ones that are that are currently serving time and and not just for our community but for the New Zealand community as well. Uh, it's good to have that relationship, positive relationship with our closest neighbors. Yeah, yeah. And we'd encourage everyone to go back and listen to um So that's episode 16 battling deportation from prison. 16, huh? Yeah. I think we're in our 30s now. We so. were well getting old, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I like being in my 20s. I wish I was. Yeah, oh. so yeah. But uh, um yeah, go back and have a listen to that because um it will make a lot of sense of why we, we, we were chatting about this topic and, and, and what's happened since then is, as you say, a positive move. And look, um, we might do this from time to time um, where we will, you know, look at something that's um, a key issue or there's been a key change in anything in the, in the justice space or in the, in the reform space or in the, you know, in any laws that have, you know, been looked at or have changed in so way because I think it's a it's a good thing for us to be able to to discuss and again I stress we are by no means here preaching as experts we just raise the raise the topic and discuss about what's going on with it um and how it maybe relates into a little bit of the work that we do as well um so as well but you know hopefully we'll do a few more of these episodes as we go on if you enjoy them and if That's you do it. you can just leave a comment if you don't you can yeah. just tell us hey get stuffed and get your uh, get some more guests on as well you That's know it. So, yeah send your feedback in you know Com- yeah. as i said in the previous short complaints to mick cronin compliments <laughs> to mark wilson let's go <laughs> well and but just to let the, the, the listeners know as well like we actually are recording in um, what is best known as my walk-in wardrobe, I would say, <laughs> um, at home. And I have my uh, dog sitting yeah. here uh, who has been completely quiet, which is unheard of for the last little oh, bit. Wow. So we're, uh, we, we're on the road here, Mark. Yeah, so That's it. Traveling circus. We, we are. are a bit of a traveling circus <laughs> at the moment. But listen, um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, we'll be back next the next episode. We'll be back um, interviewing one of our guests. Um, and uh, it'll be again on um, lived experience as well. But until then... Until then, what? Hang on. <laughs> no. How do we finish this thing? So what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> so until then, we'll see you. We'll see you later. If anything in today's episode has raised any issues for you or someone you know, 
head over to our website for a full list of services that may help. At ymcarebuild.org.au under the podcast tab. This podcast was produced by Mick Cronin and Mark Wilson. Editing done by Mark Wilson.